The Social Psycho Confabulation with Ben and Mr. A. So, we're back in the studio. Yeah, what are we talking about? I have all these notes. Most of them I don't have any reason for having. Oh. But, um, yeah, what were you thinking? Because you told me things before we started recording. Wow, that sounds very official to say that during a podcast. I feel like yeah. Joe Rogan always yeah. says that. Or we're something. official now. Oh my god! Yeah. Before we started recording, we were talking. <laughs> uh, we were talking but you mentioned LSD. some things that I'm interested in. Oh. Like okay. what piqued your interest? But it's kind of personal, possibly. But the I was you said oh did I did tell you I'm starting a company. Anyway, oh, I'm gonna yeah. start recording, and then I was like, am I gonna have to wait? Until afterwards to find out what company's being formed. You don't have to say that here. No, but I have that as a note. Because I'm also starting a company. We can talk yeah. about starting companies. We're entrepreneurs. How, we're entrepreneurs, brand new podcasters. Basically, we're taking the world by storm. Here we go. Yeah. When it rains, it pours, you know. It opens doors that flood the floors of all that's Shit. whatever. I can't remember the words. Wow. I haven't heard all that. Yeah. Oh, is it, I think it's train. Yeah, when I look to the sky by train, it sucks because this would be a perfect time for me to insert a clip, but I'm sure you would get like sued for that kind of behavior. Oh, no, it can be less than uh, 10 seconds or whatever. That's public domain. I've heard Eminent that. domain, actually. No, eminent domain is where the government takes your property. <laughs> you just, I'm just throwing shit out there. I'm a reliable host. <laughs> oh no no that's eminent domain if you use that they come and they get all your shit <laughs> you can trust me we have an expert take on everything in this show. we're actually giving today uh finance legit financial <laughs> advice medical advice investing advice <laughs> and uh legal advice oh my god so... yeah what if they started saying that instead they were like no this show contains completely sound advice in all these areas do not ask your doctor do not consult a financial expert listen to us listen to us this is not parody um okay anyway anyway tell me so we're entrepreneurs i don't want to talk too much about my business i don't want to say like what it is because you know i don't want to attract competitors from all the people that are listening to this podcast oh exactly Um, exactly but i will say that yeah, me and this coworker, he had this idea that I've kind of also had. And so this so, is new because it's a coworker, like from the work where you work, work. Yes, yeah, mm. he quit actually. Um, Wait, which is so interesting. Really? Isn't yeah. this the guy that you were recently telling about that you like commiserate with? Well, I commiserate with a lot of people, but oh. um, yeah, no, he he is one of the people that gets it. So there's kind of like two people at my job. Which is really, what I was thinking was interesting about it is because it was a startup. Like, I work at a technology company that is kind of known for being a startup and whatnot. And recently it was purchased by another large tech company. That's not known for being a startup and is known for being, like, taking the world by storm. Yes, known for purchasing companies and having outsized returns it's basically outside of their domain if they could buy facebook they would yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) so it's just very it's changed a lot and the founder who used to be the ceo has been like outed and canceled 
and everything has changed. And so I commiserate for ridiculous with reasons. It's like a right, like he said, didn't he? Didn't he like get outed? But he didn't get outed. I thought he like stepped down and then got outed or Ridiculous. something. Who cares? Yeah. Maybe it doesn't matter. Yeah. But it was all I remember is all the drama was literally just about like an almost private opinion or yes. personal opinion about like pronouns and emails, and it wasn't even actually a strong opinion at all it was just like yeah well it's confusing because so i think where he went wrong there was an email that he sent about not wanting people to ask people for their pronouns in work meetings at the beginning of the meeting and you know he at the time he sent the email he was the ceo of the company so it was within his right to like i think say things like that and he sent this long worded thing that said like hey i don't think this is relevant to the work we're doing here let's not make work about something else and whatnot and also let's not make people feel guilty or like put them into a weird situation like a forced choice like you have to you know say this now and if you don't it's weird anyway you as I a could side note ways. could you imagine just like owning a company though you know, so like if you own a company, you're like the CEO, like you're kind of responsible in, in a sense, like kind of like ultimately, like lots of people have the responsibilities that you don't necessarily have. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, like you're responsible for like making sure that everything that's supposed to be happening is happening. And what's supposed to be happening is like work, productivity, <laughs> yeah, things exactly. associated with the business and making more money, more money, more money. And then, like, you catch wind as the boss of, I think it's even a better, more visceral to imagine. It's like your own company that you built. And then you catch wind that, like, some people are spending a lot of time and effort and sending emails and having meetings and discussions. Oh, yeah. About, like, how to just like, All sorts talk of to each other, like, pronouns, yeah, like, totally, yeah. like, the part of the email that people don't even scroll down to. You know what I mean? Like, that's even if it were not that it was just something innocuous like should we have this picture in the bottom of our thing should we have a where our email sign off has like a picture of each employer and it's like can you stop and just yeah. work on what we do that makes money because that is so irrelevant that is like deciding what color the wall should be in the break room like what right. are you doing and maybe that's a weird way to say it maybe you could say like let's work on the mission of the business you know like I'm just saying it would be a as a, again as a side note very troubling. Yeah. It yeah. would be really weird like to be at that level and observing that. I feel like it would be I feel like those those people people exactly like him if there's like a cultural war they should be it seems like and would be at the forefront because it should be like alarming like whoa we're running a multi-billion dollar company here. Like, what are you doing? You're going to ruin it. You have to work. You have to do work that's relevant. You have to find out, do whatever you do that makes us money. Yeah. Like, if no, you're not I mean, doing that, something bad's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like kids or whatever. It's like parenting. That's how I kind of think of it. Like, as a founder, I'm sure eventually, if you have a really successful business that sort of takes off, 
it eventually grows and becomes its own thing. You know, like a kid becomes its own person one day and you don't really control what they do and whatnot. And that's how I kind of feel about the company. It's like it just grows up and it takes on a life of its own. And you, know, you try to steward it with good, you know, principles and practices and a mission and a vision. But, you know, you're not going to be able to control all these employees who are working here. And so I think that was kind of the weird thing about while I agree with some of the points that he made when he was like canceled, I was sort of like, I understand where you're coming from, but I'm also like, this thing is so like, you can't stop the culture from seeping into the organization. The organization's too big now. Like the culture and outside the organization is of course going to seep in. I think the best you can do is try to be a productive, well-functioning business where people don't really have time or bandwidth to be thinking about those things because yeah. you're focused on the work. Yeah, in that case, perhaps it should have been an email. It should have been a private discussion yeah. with somebody. Yeah. Like, hey, is this important? Why is this important? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Whatever. But anyway. I don't think it was worth firing him over or whatever, which is not supposedly what they did. So it got kind of confusing because that was... Anyway, the whole point of all of that was that there was some shenanigans where, like, he is sort of like stepped down. It was not clear whether he stepped down voluntarily or whether he was pushed down by the company that had acquired his company, whatnot. And so it was all weird. It was like this political show. Everything was obscure. It was like, what's really going on? It's not clear. Why is this happening? Blah, blah, blah. And so there's that that goes on in general. It's like, there's just a He's lot of riding politics. away uh, on the battlefield on his horse and shoots himself in the foot on the way off, Tr you know, trying to shoot one last. <laughs> yes, round. exactly. Bam. Ow. Damn it. Oh, well, I'm out Which, now. <laughs> yeah. It's so crazy, though, too, because, like, I mean, I don't want to get on. I could rant about politics and organizations for so many hours, but accountability really only runs one way in an organization it doesn't run both directions like it doesn't go up and down like it should like leaders should be held accountable to the employees employees should be held accountable to leaders but instead what happens is employees are always held accountable and leaders are almost never held accountable and so it's so funny because like he sent this one email that was kind of like a little risky and then you know supposedly he got put in the can and canceled and literally like Apparently, there was a month before the company got sold where people were like yelling at him. Like they had an all hands in the company and people got up in the all hands and like started yelling. And it's like this really scarring event that so many people at the company have told me about What's how uncomfortable hands? and difficult it would be. It's just a meeting where everybody in the company oh, comes oh, together. Okay. Um, usually it's like once a quarter or whatever, just to like get what everybody people, together. And there are people are getting riled up about something. Yeah, just being like, you're not doing a good job as a leader. We need this and blah, blah, blah. Oh, and my God. those people had no repercussions. You know, it's like, you don't Were face any Were they just in the chat on the side, basically? Um, no, I think they were, like, standing up. Like, this is before COVID. Oh, my God. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's actually the opposite of what I just said, where, like, instead of the leaders being held... Oh, no, it isn't. Because the leader... When the leader says things like that, it's like, we got to out them or whatever. Then it is the opposite of what I said, because then the leader gets outed, but then the employees can do whatever they want. So in some way, it's like that. But I think in general, anyway, we'll just cut that part out because I know. I, I mean, I think we leave it in. It's interesting. I mean, we're just tangenting and it's kind of interesting because 
I might have talked about this before, but one time I had another podcast with this one guy and we never really released any episodes, but we recorded a few and they were pretty interesting. I actually, there may be some out there somewhere, but anyway, I remember one of the things we did was we talked to, we have, we have high powered fathers. No, just kidding. But we both have parents who are, I say older and he's a little younger than I am, but we both have parents that are in like interesting uh, right, domains in like the business the world episode. or whatever. We yes. will publish that one. Okay. Okay. So this might so. be relevant then. So I'm, I talked to my dad and I just remember asking him and he's really close to like human resource types stuff, you know, that happens mm-hmm. in these co- companies. And I was just asking him kind of about the tumultuous culture regarding human resource type stuff, you know, which to me was like obvious, like there's a lot there. And, but he, I had to like explain what I meant to him. It took me like a lot longer to get him to like talk about what I thought was relevant because I thought he would just know, you know, and he didn't. And that was, I was like, Oh, maybe, maybe I just don't know. Like maybe there's nothing going on, whatever, you know, it was just interesting. But here we have a little anecdote in I would say like a more a, uh, in a way a more well-known like a bigger company I don't know it's a tech you like that's a tech company this is like an like a management group or whatever that, that my dad works for you know so my point is there is something really real about this weird culture war stuff and it'd be more it's not surprising to me that it's inside that industry the tech industry because that's where a lot of it seems to be coming from anyways just in the media and the oh yeah news stories you know what i mean so there's definitely something going on there and it seems i mean come on like if we if we're going to be honest that's a political thing that's like a symptom of like the culture and politics currently and it's i guess verifiably true whether it was it was a a larp in the beginning and became true like permeated the culture or it was quote unquote organic to some kind of in some kind of way like like real concern was there even though the concern in my opinion is insane it is there and it's odd and it's uh it's like you just have to ask yourself like if if there were 50 percent I hate to break it down this way, but like just Republicans in the company as well, like that wouldn't have happened. Which there might be. I honestly, Are they I mean, just based quieter? on talking to people, I think that it might actually be like an even split, but there is a very loud minority. Like there are some people. You think that's organic? What is that? I don't get it. I feel, yeah. like to me, it seems like, oh yeah, like a, no, there's got to be a percentage of the time where it's like some <laughs> kind of weird George Soros type organization infiltration, some kind of covert thing to like take over important no. industries or something. Like how? Because I, I just it's so far I mean, from any behavior that I can imagine myself engaging in, and I'm like that can't be real. No, I I mean to me, this sounds bad because it sounds pejorative, but. It's like these people are like babies, like they're like toddlers. You're like, okay, no, you don't just get to like get up there and demand from these people like 
all these things that you need and want them to do and blah 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 it's a, it's, it's like, like a sense of entitlement or something or like yes like or and, like and it gives the it must have, it must be like it must feel good you know like it does feel yes, good i guess yeah. to like stand up and like it's like riding a roller coaster like it's scary exactly. but it's like a good scary you know so it's yeah. like i'm going to stand up and i think that in their the reason mind they're the roller a coaster and the reason the roller coaster is scary or running into battle or i mean is fun and or running into battle might kind of in a way for some people they get like this kind of rush out of it that rush kind of comes down to like the part where you didn't get killed you didn't die on the roller coaster you're going to be okay Hmm. and the more that this stuff infiltrates these companies and and culture in general in different ways it seems like that rush these people are getting is becoming safer and safer and i think maybe that's kind of how the normalization is I think that's how like normalization occurs. You know, you Hmm. participate in something. Yeah. What I mean, it's like how you like, I think I told the story about like when I was a kid, how I hated, I didn't hate it, but it like thinking a swear word was Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. and then like saying it and then like nothing happening, you know, just. Yeah. Well, that's the, I mean, that's the sad part about it all. It's like, if these things are not, good for the community it's like there needs to be negative consequences for this type of behavior otherwise what essentially you're doing is you're it's like disciplining a child you know it's like if a child does something bad and you don't discipline them for it they're going to keep doing it and then that might become like a pattern of behavior like they might just be an unruly child eventually and that's what i see like in society between adults too if like if we don't have standards of like behavior it's like we uphold each other too and like you know, commit to as a society, then we just end up with people who are allowed to do all sorts of crazy things sometimes. Yeah, there's there could be a reaction of brewing. I mean, oh, yeah, I think because I I, it's because it's there is something. So like when you're like, if you're like a bar somewhere or anywhere, really, where this is. Okay, it probably hasn't happened to everybody, but you can imagine like you're somewhere where somebody's getting belligerent, you know, and then maybe they do it towards you or something, or you're like, Hey buddy, calm down, you know, and you're just trying to chill and this person's not, and right, they're trying right. to provoke you and to come, you know, just Rile being belligerent yeah. or whatever. And so at a certain point, it's like, they're making all the noise, but I'm either going to get out of here and I'm, I'm just going to walk away from this, or you're going to, you're going to push me you know, poke me in the shoulder one too many times and I'm going to punch you in the face and this is going to be a big problem and we're going to both get in a lot of trouble probably. Right. Well, that's okay. So back to the toddler thing that I was saying, that's what it really strikes me as is it's like we're kind of like tolerating it because we realize this person's a little out of touch. They're a little off their rocker. You almost feel bad for them. You're like, yikes, like you, are you okay? Like you need a Zoloft or something. Well, yeah, I mean, partly it's like you just don't understand the realities of how difficult it is to run a business. Like, And you try to be just... polite, too. Like, well, oh, you have a concern? What? What is it, the concern? Oh, we're trying to be cordial here, but you but you have some ulterior motive and it, can, it falls apart quickly, I guess. Right. And it's like we got to we got to make money here and we have limited resources and paying all of you is a cost center. And like if you guys aren't producing work that like propels the business forward, then this business isn't going to survive. 
And so a lot of it strikes me as that. It's like people who don't understand that. And it's like they're barely putting in any work. They think like literally creating slide decks and telling people how they don't have any empathy is work. And you're like, okay, (sighs) like, oh, my God. And it's not a meme. Like, I think on the outside, people are like, oh, it's just a meme. These tech workers. I'm like, no, it is literally this is literally happening. I've sat in so many meetings where these God damn, like UX people are like, User you know what we need to do as a company, as we need to really empathize and make an emotional connection with our users. And the reason they're churning from our product and the reason that users hate our company is because <laughs> they don't feel an emotional bond with us. And you're like, shut the fuck up. Just shut. Like, do you not understand? Like, People use our product because it works or it doesn't and they don't use it. It's not because they feel weird, special feelings about our brand. What the are you talking about? Yeah, like an analogy, not that this is the company, but like it could be it's it's as if like an email hosting company was that's the that's a conversation they're having like that's how non-emotional the product actually is. It's not yes. like you're not working for like a social media platform where you might actually be able to talk about connections of some sort or another. It's like we sell a product. It's sort of like might as well be email. Nobody care. Nobody stays with Gmail because exactly. It's so they don't, crazy. They don't yeah. have a good relationships mentally or spiritually <laughs> with Yahoo. You know, that's, not what's happening it's not what's happening at all and these people it just is like now i will how sheltered have you been like i will say there's a level there's a level at which i can you kind of get it but it's like i think someone that says something like that doesn't know what else to do you know yes exactly like they literally yeah like they're like well i want to feel good Right. It's all about feeling good or something. So like other people that use our product, if we could just make them feel good, they'll like that and they'll stay and they'll use our product more. And I will say, let's cut this out, though, because I'm going to out your leave it in. (laughs) Whatever you're going to say, it's going to stay in. (laughs) I'm going to out your company. But I am actually turned off a little bit. There's a comfort in it, but I'm a little bit turned off when I have ever used it has become so simple and like colloquial in a weird way. Like, let me, let me put it this way in five years, in less than five years, you'll be able to put your headphones on and the chat GPT 2.0 or whatever, 5.0, whatever comes next is going to talk to you. They're going to be your agent for filing your taxes. And the reason I don't like that is because I know part of why I don't like it is because I know that you're here to get my money. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. if you're trying to give me an experience through the computer, through this web, this UX, this user experience I'm having, it'll like literally it's like, we're working on that now. Let me find your paperwork. And it like acts like it's actually looking for something. It's not looking for anything. It does it instantaneously. It doesn't take any time. You know, 
it's and it, and it's like oh great good job we found it now let's do this together blah 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 like how are you feeling like literally yeah, asked you how you're UX feeling people throughout the fucking tax paying experience and you know how i'm feeling like i'm being raped and pillaged <laughs> and 40 percent of my paycheck i'm trying to figure out how to get scraps back from it i'm hating the experience more than anything and I'm not feeling better because you're talking to me like a therapist that yeah, I just don't like that because I know it's, it's a, a computer program because it's not a person. Yeah. It's a computer program. It doesn't have feelings. If you made it a silicone robot that could speak like ChatGPT and do the, all this very human interaction, I would not like that because I know it's inauthentic. Because I'm not having a real experience and I don't even want to be made to feel like I'm having a real experience because it isn't real. It's fake. Yeah. Well, you don't want to be in a war. So, yeah. Okay. My point <laughs> is that, first of all, that person's job is actually dumb. Yeah. In a, it's, in a way. Yeah. In a way. Some of it could be real, but user a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. You should think about the user experience, but it shouldn't be that hard. Because it, you just don't have to think about it that that hard, it, or at least in that one dimensionally, and that hard in one dimension, you know. Yeah, like I think it can be actually very complex and complicated and nuanced. But the people who are doing this so often, like they're like the least sophisticated people that you've ever met. My mechanic, here's an even better example. My dentist has a a coffee machine. It, like you're about to go have someone get in your mouth. You get there and they're like, have some coffee. Why not? You know, here's drinks, everything. It's user experience. We want you to feel good. You hate being here. Have whatever you want. You want coffee? That's fine. You're sure we're about to like <laughs> clean your teeth, but that's okay. We'll give you whatever you need. So I think, but that doesn't take, I don't think it took that much thinking for the dentist to realize that let's try to make the waiting room comfortable because right. people yeah. feel kind of tense when they come in no, because we're exactly. about to like make them uncomfortable. So let's just, let's yes. just do like, let's make them feel good. Okay. A next, lot of this next is just basic empathy. Like everybody is sort of like, this is what founders do really well. It's like you sort of, you understand the customer problem. You imagine it. Maybe you put yourself in their shoes. Maybe you've been in their shoes. And so you understand how to make a great experience. And then as the company grows, I think people get so disconnected from the customers that you end up thinking, we should hire people to think about what the customers are experiencing. And you're like, how did we get so lost as an organization? Like, what is going on? Um, because, yeah, most people in the organization are already thinking about that. I mean, in a good organization, the good people. If, if you put a questionnaire at the end, you'd and just, like the people will tell you and they're kind of doing that. Oh yeah. But like yeah. really you just need people to read it. <laughs> that's all. Yeah. Like, which yeah. That's all you need. You know, like it's hardly happens in the organization, by the way, like literally a lot of this stuff is so scammy. Like we do all these feedback surveys and stuff. And then it's funny because we don't actually like people do not want to do work. And one of the things that's really tedious and takes a lot of time is to read the hundreds or thousands of comments that people leave and sort through them and prioritize them and take out the themes. And it's hard to get a computer to do it well. And a lot of times people just don't do it. 
You know, it's ridiculous, but people don't do it. Well, anyway. Anyway, you, yeah. Everyone's gonna be to very upset if you we don't actually say anything about this company starting. So oh that's my the God, background. Yeah, sorry. That we'll cut <coughs> some of that. That was so long. Well, but, I was entertained, but I don't know. Anyway, all I feel like we say, probably should have cut out the part where I literally said the name of one of the companies, but <laughs> we could just beep it out. Um, gotta be premium content. You have to pay for that story. Yeah. You have to pay to know the real story. God, we're already getting scammy. Um, but I was saying, yeah, I commiserate with some people because there's just things that happen as a company grows and gets larger that are just ridiculous. They make you want to pull your hair out. You're like, why are we doing this? And so there's people, smart people, talented people who realize a lot of this is shenanigans and you commiserate with them like if you're someone like me in the organization. Um, and so I was talking to this guy. He literally quit his job because he was so annoyed with the state of things and how silly things were. And he was a, what they call a program manager, which he had been promoted from a different role. He'd had a like internal transfer from an analyst to a program manager. And this meant that he got to spend more time with leaders in different areas of the company, sort of coordinating their efforts. And he said, oh my God, it really peeled back the onion. He was like, as I was an analyst, I thought, oh my God, things are so discombobulated, whatever. If only I could talk to the leaders and see what's really going on. He's like, and then I got that opportunity and he's like, it was so chaotic and political and people. So even at the leader level. Yeah. He was like, all the leaders have their own agenda and they're trying to like, you know, prove their value and get things pushed in and have their own, you know, ideas of what should be happening that conflict with other leaders. And he was like, it was just a huge mess. And he, so he got so annoyed that he quit. Um, and so that's kind of, yeah, I feel kind of similar. It's very frustrating uh, because you want to like work on things and get things done and make progress towards some goals. And so he basically realized there's no hope. Yeah. The organization just feels locked in political gridlock. And yeah. Um, so anyway, I, we're starting this company. It's, a uh, a business-to-business product we're thinking we're trying to we're in the early stages trying to set up like who is the customer what's the business case what's our story what are the competitive market products out there does this exist what unique value would this bring uh what are we going to add to the industry why would people buy it all this sort of stuff and then we're trying to you know create like prototypes like how would it look and whatnot um, and it's, uh, it's very exciting, but it's a lot of work and it's funny because I feel like it's making me like, I already have done work. Like I was a musician for a long time. So like, I know how to put in the work to something, you know, like you got to practice every day as a musician. I probably practice every day for like years of my life. So I don't think most people have experienced that. I work with something like that, where you put in that amount of work and dedication to something. And so I know how to work hard, but I got to tell you, this company stuff, it's like day and night between what I'm doing for this startup and what I do for my actual job. Um, I literally like do nothing pretty much for my actual job that hardly matters. And then for this other company, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm trying to do like 18 different jobs at the same time. And I don't know how to do any of them because I've never done them before. (laughs) So Mm. it's just a lot harder. And I think people don't realize that. Yeah, like you're very you're very cushioned. You're in a very soft job when all you have to worry about is like 
you know, producing some slide decks that say blah, blah, blah. In and the, we've been, I yeah, feel like, I don't know different. how the history of the world has really unfolded, but I feel like if it hasn't always been that way, then boy, have we been coddled into like a really odd, and I'm going to use a problematic term, but we've been coddled into like some kind of weird form of servitude or slavery or like factory worker, however you want to put it, because mm. I'm doing the whole business thing too. And it is really hard. It's hard. Yeah. And there are two hard things about it that are in different domains. Okay. One hard thing is how do I actually do this? Like just not knowing. Like I don't know. So Time like to learn. I have like yeah, for example, both of my businesses require something particular that I am struggling. It's gonna cost me I'm trying to say this quiet so Kim can't hear. It's gonna cost me a fortune. <laughs> and it's like I really need it. And I don't have a fortune. I don't have a job. I only have these fake. Kim's fortune. That's right. I only have these <laughs> fake businesses. Everything I do is a side job right now. It's horrible. Anyway, that one, so that particular, like, so in this example, I'm talking about distribution. I do not, I've done it, but I don't know how to do it effectively. So like I used to have this customer. It was my only customer, really. I mean, I had other customers, but this was like my main guy. He bought stuff from me. He bought a lot. I had to give him a really good deal. Like my items that I was selling were 40 cents a piece to him. So I had to sell him like thousands to make any money. And I would work a lot to do it, take all week by myself. I'm having an equipment upgrade, but on my system, it was very difficult. And then I would deliver them to him in my truck couldn't really handle it. I could not, there was orders I couldn't take the whole thing to, to him. Mm. And I'm like, and it would take me, I would like unload them for him. It was crazy. And like count them again right there. I mean, it was so, it would take me like oh, like a half a day. Sure, very just, inefficient. Just to give this guy the thing, you know? It was like, my yeah. God, how am I going to do this for like, I want to do this for like four or five people. Yeah. How is this going to work? Like I've got right. to get a bigger truck. Like I need to get a bigger truck. I need to get a more sawmills and I need to fix my tractor and I need right. to get really efficient before, because I have a problem, it's distribution, but I have to get everything else in order. You know what I mean? Like that's a hard problem. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't know anything about it. Now, if I had a million dollars or an investor, I, could, I would just pay for a logistics guy or something, you know, sure, be like, sure. figure that out. I don't understand that. I don't even, it's going to take me a long time to figure out just what you, what's in your head, mm -hmm, not mm -hmm. to mention doing it. Your expertise. Yeah. And then on the other side, equal, so that's one kind of thing that's hard. It's like, how am I going to do this? What do I do? How do I, you know, make it happen? How and do I even learn how to do it? Yeah. How do I even learn it? It's all much harder than you think when you, yeah. ideas are easy until you really start mulling them over and i know that and i have known that because everybody knows i graduated that, I think, with a philosophy degree everything is harder <laughs> than you think every simple question can take you down a rabbit hole so but at the other at the same time 
because I also have a psychology degree. No, um, <laughs> not a joke. There's this other component that's equally as difficult, and it's a psychological component. And that is so, that's the part that I feel like has been coddled out of us because just, well, I'll, I'll put it this way. If I had more pressure on me, things might be moving a little differently sure. because I have someone that I live with that makes the money currently and I'm not highly demanding on that income strain, stream, stream. I'm not a strain on the stream, so I think I was trying to say there. And not too bad. And I do a lot of stuff oh, around the house. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah, I get, okay. I'll like take odd jobs and stuff and like try to make my own thing happen. But I will, like, I'll realize like it becomes, so if I, I'm saying if I had more pressure, maybe things would be a little different, but I don't, I think it actually would be just as much work because you're in that position. If you have the job now, you have to keep making money to keep living. Well, even though you kind of don't really have to probably either, but you are going to because you do have a higher your life costs more you have constant, right it's like i have bills, a little bit of cushion stuff, yeah but like We're, most people you only have what is it's like average three months of savings or something yeah or a month and you it's have, not a lot yeah. and you're tr you're like a nomad but but you have like michael like technically if yeah. you had no money michael wouldn't be like well i'm gonna leave you here i'm gonna gotta go to the next city sorry yeah. bye i would so be you, okay it could be worse but it could be yeah. way worse but you probably I've taken a long time to fall into this position that I'm in. It's not an easy transition. Money talks are fun, you know, that kind of thing. So it's best yeah. to like do it the way you're doing it. But it, like you were saying, okay, I have like a 12 hour day job or 10 hour day job or whatever they're asking of me. And then I have right. this other thing. And actually it's 50 times more difficult, more demanding and more complicated. Exactly. And I have to actually spend now you know, 15, 16, 17, 18 hours a day working. So, and that is difficult on the one hand, but on the, on the psychological front, it's so much harder than you think it, it is to do stuff like, and you can just think about the stuff that you have to do on a daily basis. If you're not trying to start a business and how hard just doing those things are like yeah. doing the dishes every day, getting the laundry into the laundry and out and then fold and then put the laundry away. Oh my God. I hate it. Making yeah, your bed. Just all just the like some like drum of daily life. And how hard to... is that? You know, but yeah. if, and if you think if it were your job, so like I'll do things around the house sometimes. Yesterday I built these oh, really big. Okay. It took me a couple of days, but these really big raised beds out of all recycled material. So it was a lot of work. And then I built these big arches and everything. And I got them pretty quick. It wasn't, it, I was like surprised. I'm like, okay, that actually didn't take that long. You know, sometimes things take me a little longer, but I've been working on a lot of stuff. So I'm like in that kind of work mode, but then I'll think about, okay, like I'll, what would it, what did I do in a day for this project? And I'm like, you know, if I had a boss and my job were to do this for people and this wasn't my house, and I built this many thing. I did this much today. I would be fired. They'd be like, not enough. What you need to do like four, you need like two or three full projects in yeah. a week, you yeah, know, not exactly. a week to do a project. Like that doesn't make, that's no future there. Yeah. So I, so when I'm not having an income, I start thinking to my, I, I have a lot more guilt for these mm. times where I spend not doing that and it's like oh my god 
like what is wrong with me it's so difficult mm. to mm. fully to fully manifest things and that's not some people just some people know that but some people don't realize what that really means yeah i have no, a friend that was asking ignorant, me i think yeah i talked to a friend of mine and i was like i have this idea for like a business or something else actually it's one of the things i am working on hmm. and i was like i don't know i don't know what i said i was like what do you think about that or something because because she's i thought she might know something about kind of part of the industry that i was trying to make it a part <clears> of and she was like well are you the kind of person that like does things and i was like huh what do you mean she's like like do you finish stuff and this is a successful person Mm -hmm. successful i i think she's very successful are you a doer or a thinker or a charmer and she said or a combination combination well she didn't ask that specifically because i might actually answer differently had she done so but what i when i and i said well what do you what do you mean she's like didn't you build that deck on your house and i was like yeah she's like did you finish it and i was like yeah pretty much actually it's not it, it's like actually could use a little bit more work but i didn't say that like it's pretty much done like it's very done well, you know but it's not fully done and, she, and she's like well what about that other thing you, you know because i told her about these little things and i realized that i was pretty much answering i was saying yes i did do them and i was thinking to myself did i really do them all the way because i get i get a little i do mm. get a little stop early-ish like okay if i got to a point where i could stop like i'll build a structure and once the roof and the walls are up and everything i'm like Phew. I could slow down. I don't have to worry about the weather and stuff. So I, I like kind of give myself mm -hmm. a break. Not the best approach, but I also, I also do get very far. Like it would, you'd be impressed. I think if I were like, I, you came to my property, I'm like, Hey, I just, I built this, I built that. I did this. I did this over here. You'd be like, Holy shit. You know? Sure, so it's not it nothing. is a lot. Yeah. It's not nothing, but I know that I'm not doing my potential. Best, maybe. Yeah. I'm just not like, it's cause sometimes, cause I can count sometimes, so it becomes very palpable. How many hours did I not work? How many hours did I stare at my phone today? And sometimes the more shit I have to do, the more I'll look at my phone or the more oh, I'll do yeah. this or that. And it's like, what am I doing? Like when I used to do these things and I smoked, my God, I could smoke like four or five cigarettes a day, but you give me nobody looking over my shoulder too much time in a big project i'm probably going to smoke like 10 cigarettes in like five hours and i'm not sure if Just i'll do anything smoking. else but smoke those 10 cigarettes yeah well that's definitely a thing where people you know uh it's overwhelming the amount of things they have to do and so it's like just getting increases oh, your just, proclivity to procrastinate if no and if no one's sitting there telling you i'm just saying psychologically yeah it's really difficult and yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I think I'm just saying I relate and I get it. And it is a lot. Yeah. No, I mean, I thought both of those points were interesting. The psychological thing. Yeah, I think you observed that a lot. Like even in my with my manager, I noticed that she has a tendency like if she has a lot of work to do. She gets worse um, about doing it because I think exactly the reason you were talking about. And I think a lot of people are actually like this in the workplace and in life in general. You know, it's like if you a task becomes like too complicated, like it's not like a little, it's not just a tiny chunk. It's like, there's this big idea you're working on and it's like, oh, it's so far away. It's so hard. How are we going to manifest that? How are we even start on that? And so you don't make any progress because you're, it's, you know, it's funny though. Cause you need something like that a little bit to pull you. You need a little bit too much work. Oh yeah. Otherwise yeah. you'll work just hard enough. 
to right. do. That's that proximal zone of development. You got to like be on the edge of your capability, like moving yeah. towards something that's out of your reach, but it's like you could get there over time. Yeah. That's Writing what you papers want. in college. If you, well, some, yeah, I yeah. guess a lot of people don't do a lot of papers anymore, but in like philosophy, it's like all you do is read and write. And sometimes those professors are like sadists or whatever they're called. And they're Sadist. like, I like don't they know. like to see you suffer writing uh, yes. your papers or something. They're like, <laughs> or they just that's... think they're the only professor. So Sorry. they're like, read this book tonight and oh, yeah, uh, yeah. write a thing on it. And you're like, what? I have, I have to classes. read nine yeah. other classes worth of material. <laughs> what are you talking about? I can't read a book tonight. I mean, just crazy stuff, you know? And you're like, okay. Sure. So that, but that pressure sometimes, because I had some papers that came down to where it was like panic. Like I'm, if I don't, if this doesn't happen tonight, it's a zero, you know, yeah. like I can't get a zero. It's because at that level of like philosophy class, it's like, you're only getting three grades. It's these three papers. If you get a zero on one, you might as well just drop the class. Like don't even come. You've just, already failed. Yeah. You're, you're screwed. You just, you didn't read the book and write the paper. Sure, you're gone. Yeah, you know, yeah. and it's like, okay, well, I guess I'm reading this book and writing this paper. And that pressure sometimes it was, it was like a little, you're like on a pinnacle of some kind, like I'm either going to fall yeah, exactly. left or right. And one is into you're complete on the edge. A, annihilation and oblivion. And the other one is to really, it's amazing. Really. It's yeah, an amazing think... feeling. Cause you're like, if you turn that paper exactly. in, you're like, Oh my God, it's off me. And you can't I even believe whole, you did it. You can't yeah. believe you did it. You're like, I read a book and I wrote a paper. You're proud. Yeah. Yesterday. And didn't, and none of my other classes, sometimes you're like, okay, this class gives a lot of homework. It's just a homework grade. Maybe, you know, you got to make sacrifices. Right. I, when you're me, at least some people are just can get A's. I knew people that were like, I'm straight A's. I have three jobs. I'm like, I don't understand where, when do you work the jobs? Like, are there's like an hour at each place. Like, I don't get it, but yeah. they could do it. You know, I couldn't have done it because that's too, for me, psychologically is too much, but you find you got to have that something. Yeah. You got to have that. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that's the risk reward trade off. It's like the startup stuff, it can be, it's really risky. Like, and it's really it's all of my money draining. is gone. Yeah, yeah. A hundred percent of it. I have, I have all my money in a safe. It's not even in the bank. That's how scared I am that I'm going to lose it. I have very few thousands of dollars right next to me in a safe. And it's that's already, your it's already spent. I'm waiting on a piece of equipment I owe the other half on. I cannot spend any of that money. I am yeah. living on like $200 odd jobs that I find here and there right now. For like hope insurance. And Literally yeah. on fumes, like on a pipe, the smoke from my pipe. I'm just like, exactly. this is all going to come together any day now. And But, this, yes. but that pressure, sometimes it becomes very cogent or very... Uh, surface for me right Oops. and i'm like <clears throat> that's when i have those realizations where i'm like this is my job i have to do this like i like i i have to do this. everything depends on this if yeah. i don't do this i'll wake up one day and i don't want it to be i want it to, if i'm gonna wake up one day and go this was a fucking bad idea i need that to be tomorrow really i need it to be two years ago right but i need it to be 
tomorrow. Right. It cannot be in five years. In five years, if I am not making money, I am going to I'll kill myself. <laughs> I'm going to kill myself because I've not really, but that's how like oblivion it feels because I've spent yeah. all my money on it and I'm, and it's, I don't have nothing to show for it. I, it feels like I have nothing to show because right now I'm just, I'm in a weird place. Yeah. I'll just tell my little thing. Cause I don't really care if people know who I work for. Cause it's me. I have a sawmill little company and I'm starting another company with mush involving mushrooms. That one is, I'm not sure what yet, because I really want to eat the mushrooms myself and other people maybe can enjoy Cause I built a very large mushroom thing way more than anyone needs. So hopefully that will become something amazing. But the sawmill thing during the pandemic, things got really weird. Sawmills are made out of materials that are very raw motors, engines, metals, things like that. That shit got really expensive and a lot of people got into it. I don't know why, but well, there was that I, lumber shortage also. There was a lumber shortage, so the, the yeah. demand got crazy. Prices went out of control. We're talking like over 100%. I, last mm-hmm. two by fours I bought before the pandemic were three something, $3 something. Last two by fours I bought, no, not last ones, but very recently bought two by fours were over $7. So wow. something happened. It's like double, And yeah. people were making money. And... I bought a sawmill, the best I could afford. It's not the one I wanted. And I'm doing it all with my own money. I had people offer money. I'm like, no, I think I'm just going to do it this way. I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm waiting a year. So I paid half up front. I've been waiting for a year. And then I didn't want, I got all my money stolen from me by somebody. So I had no more money and I had, not enough money to pay the extra half whenever it got ready. Still don't have the sawmill, still waiting for him to finish it. But I sold a car. I sold, I built like a, like three chicken coops. I was like selling chicken coops. I'm doing odd jobs for people. I'm scraping everything together that I can. I, I sold my other sawmill. So now I have that money, but I have no sawmill to make money. And I'm just waiting. What was my point before I said all that? I was about to make a point. Well, we were talking about, it's like you're living on the edge, you know, you're it's teetering a li- on yes. catastrophe. So, and I bought a tractor and I built this mushroom house, which I got a really good deal on all the materials for, but it was very expensive still and time consuming. Yeah. So if I well, wake really up in five years and I, all I've, all I will be able to say is, well, I, I made $50,000 very quickly and spent it all. And then I have a bunch of used shit I got to sell. And some stuff I can't sell, like the buildings that I built. So, um, but I also, I'm a more positive person than my counterpart in a lot of ways. I'm also very negative, but relatively. And I've realized that like, I have to psychologically... It's literally, it's, that's why I said there's two things that each have 100% possibility. It's this how to do it. And then the psychology thing is totally separate. It's not like 50% is psychology. There's a hundred percent component. It takes two components and there's, you need all of that or else you'll fucking kill yourself. Like it, because I have to be so aware that I'll, that I will be upset if I'm 
go five years and I'm like, wow, I still haven't done this. Like, I'm still not there. Like, yeah. what am I doing? I'm just fucking around. I'm not really doing anything. I'm just literally having illusions of grandeur and they're never going to materialize. Right. And then I realize often because of how many things that I do, if I do not do this, it will not happen. And I have had days where I literally have to go outside and start working on this stuff. And I will literally say to myself out loud, just keep going. Just do the next thing. Yeah. Do the next thing. Even if it's one going. thing at a time. Sometimes I have a big mess and I'm like, I don't even know how to get this cleaned. Like, cause I just built a building, you know, and I'm like, I'll just pick up a piece of wood. And I'm like, this is on the ground. It doesn't need to be on the ground. Keep or burn, burn. And then I'm like, next thing, tool, tool goes in the toolbox. And I'll just be like going to the toolbox. It feels like I'm not doing anything, but I'm like, I am. And if you do that for a long enough time, you will make the progress and you will feel that feeling of like, you because sometimes it's not enough. Each little task isn't enough. And it's like, just wears on you. Yeah. And then yeah. afterwards you're like, oh my God, that actually did equal something. Like yeah. I, the area got clean. I don't know where all that stuff went, but I did it. And that's amazing. And then you, then you can remember, oh, that's sometimes that's how you have to do things. Just do the next thing. I used to say to myself, I think I would say, action. I was like, I, this is recently, I would just like said it all day to myself, like action equals progress. Cause all I wanted was progress. I felt like I wasn't making any progress. I had to. And I was like, if I just keep moving, it's progress. I will make progress. I have to do a thing. Just one boom, boom, boom. And it, it's so hard. Yeah. But it is it's almost so, like it's like, but it's also it's not in you and it can be, you know? And then you learn how to do that kind of thing and you realize how much of a piece of crap baby you are. And what like do yeah. I because it makes me angry. I'm like, do I need to be told what to do? Do I want a boss? Do I want a manager? Am I just not capable enough as the last guy that was my manager that made quadruple mm -hmm. what I made? Am I really not as good as he is? Am I really not? I know other guys that run sawmills. They don't even know how to, they don't know how to spell words in English. Very simple words. They don't know there and there, where and where, sell, sale, sell. It's all cryptic. S-A-I-L for it's on sale. Oh I mean, that kind of guy. And they make money. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. if I'm not that good, then I suck. And if they're doing something that I'm not doing, then I'm an idiot. And I clearly am not, it's not thinking. That's not what they're not doing enough of, mm. you know? Yeah. I'm probably thinking more and dreaming bigger, but I'm doing less somehow. And so you yeah. just realize I'm like, that guy's probably just doing stuff. He probably yeah. just gets up and does it. You well, know? you can definitely dream too big. That's the illusions of grandeur thing. I but it doesn't, you'll never know if you're not making any, if you're not doing anything, no progress, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I was thinking it's kind of like sacrifice and um, faith or hope. You know, it's kind of like you got to have both of those things. Well, um, my dad said, I listened to a motivational speech this morning. Oh, good. Which sometimes I'm a little eye rolling about those guys. Yeah. So this guy tell was us about this speech. This guy's interesting. This guy's name was Jesse Eitzler. Itzler, okay. Eitzler. Don't know him. He's, if I remember correctly, he's married 
at least he was at the time of this recording, that recording, which I think it was a 2019 speech, married to the Spanx lady in the Atlanta-based oh, company, yeah. Spanx. She's you know. like a female-run and owned company. I think she recently stepped down as a CEO or whatever. Yeah, I've heard she's probably a little more well-known. But this guy is like a self-made billionaire who started out as like a white rapper. And that is not where his money came from because he's not a white rapper. I guess he is. I don't know. Everybody but he starts like starts somewhere, you know. He like a, a private jet company. and st- I mean, just did all these crazy things. They're totally like whatever the equivalent for anachronistic is when it has to do with personality and not time. Like it was like, what? Like white rapper starts a jingle company where he makes jingles and makes a company with like 200 jets that he sells to Warren Buffett, you know, just like, what? And he had a, all of that was part of his story, but is kind of, you know, you got to wait to the end if you're like, how do you do it? So he had this uh, couple of little things I wrote down that I thought were interesting. And also I notice when I get, when I'm doing this, like I, when I'm in the, I got to start my business thing and I start feeling depressed, I will look consciously for motivational things where people talk about starting your own business, even though it's cringe, but I do it just for the hype. I know it's just hype. <clears throat> Sometimes you need a little hype. Like you can do it kind of thing, you know? There's a market for executive coaches. It's a thing (laughs) because sometimes you need someone that's not, you know, somebody in your life. You need a wingman. You know what? You can do this. It is possible because everyone else is going to be going, I don't get that. Whatever. That sounds, or they'll say like, that's cool. But you can hear it in their voice and see it in their eyes. They're like, oh my God, I'm glad I'm not you. Um, Yeah. Or like, I'm glad I have a job or whatever they think when they see whatever's going on here. But um, so he had this personal trainer guy. I don't know. Some guy that ran a marathon or something and broke his feet, but ran anyways. Um, what? Some Navy SEAL guy. I don't know. There's, I don't want to tell the story part because that's not the point. But the, there's a something to it where he's like, this guy did an amazing thing. He ran this thing and pissed blood and broke his feet, but he ran anyways. Okay, and, that's a weird thing. I don't want to digress, though. But no, anyway. yeah. And he was like, can you, uh, can you come live with us? And he was like, what are you fucking talking about? Wait, who said, can you come live with us? This white rapper guy that owns a plane company or whatever the fuck he does. Said to the marathon runner. Yeah, well, you come live with us for a month. Oh. Because I want my kids to be badass or I don't know what the hell. Just a weird thing. He does weird things. We're going to learn from you. Something Something like that, that. yeah. So that guy, I think it was the guy's rules. I don't want to like give the other credit where it's not due, but so... But this guy was at least repeating it. And he said that one day the guy was like, I guess he had a pull-up bar in his house or whatever. And he's like, let's do some pull-ups. And he did like eight pull-ups. And then he was like, okay, wait 30 seconds, do do them again. You know, and he did like five pull-ups. And he's like, okay, 30 seconds, do it again. You know, do that three or four times. And he's like, I, I don't think I can do another pull-up. You know, like I can only do a half a pull-up. Mm-hmm. And he was like, mm-hmm. well, here's the thing. What if I just tell you we're not leaving to do anything else today until you do a hundred more pull-ups? And he goes, uh, okay. And so he said he spent like the next hour, hour and a half just doing 
one pull up at a time. Mm. And eventually he did a hundred more pull ups. Oh my God. And he goes, So apparently, he said the realization he had is that I was leaving a hundred pull ups on the table. I wasn't indexing for a hundred, 100 pull ups. I was not allowing for, but it was there. There was still a hundred there, at least in an hour. Mm-hmm. He's like, mm-hmm. I thought there was zero. I literally under indexed by a, like a exponential number, you know? Yeah. So there's that, that's part of the, part of the story. Which okay, leads to this thing in that I want to come back to that. Well, this is it doesn't come off topic, but there's a, another piece of that because I he he was like, here's an example. Here's the rule. There's always whatever whatever the most is, whatever the best or your whatever the goal, whatever that is. It's a number, whatever it is, however you want to measure it. There's four, there's at least forty percent more that you are not indexing, and it is there always. There's always 40% more. You think if you think you are actually maxing out your potential, you are obviously incorrect because this weird white dude had a hundred extra pull-ups when he mm-hmm. thought he had zero. He thought he had zero pull-ups, he had one hundred, which is an do try to do any pull-ups. Pull-ups are not easy. Sure. Yeah. I mean, they're hard, you know, you can do some, I could probably do like 10 or 20, but I'm like constantly working, but there's definitely, I can imagine do me 30 second break and a couple more 30 second break, a couple more at at a certain point, I'm going to be like trembling and in traction the next day Mm -hmm. and not able Mm -hmm. to move. But the point is it's, it is there. So there's always, you don't have to go. There's always an exponential, basically infinity which actually may be true, but always know there's the 40% tape. left on the table Interesting. every single time. Well, and in my examples, it's like so obvious because I feel it every day. Like the deck you were building or the shed, like that lady was asking you. I you probably left, it? I could probably calculate if I did the math, however I felt like it's probably 40% I didn't do on those things. That mm. I still could do. Yeah. In fact, sure. I know there are because I know one of them has a little leak in it. I have to put some underlayment under one of the, uh, sex, a section of shingles. You know. You know. I just. I kind of know of some stuff, and it's like, was it necessary? Do I? I thought, well, if I just up with that now and do this next thing, it'll feel like more. But it's like, is it though? Is it really? First of all, is it more? But also, what would what would it have taken? I actually currently have all the materials to do it. Yeah. Like I, there's, it's in there. And sometimes I just have to tell myself you are not doing the potential. Like you need to go yeah. and do anything, you anything, know just the next thing, one more thing, one more thing, one more thing, one more thing. And another, let me give you one more example that he gave. Cause I really like okay. this example. Cause I do this. In fact, it is in my yard right now. He said one time he was like out doing something and his wife comes out and is like, Hey, I made dinner. Dinner's ready. He was like, Okay, I'll quit doing this. Turn off the hose. He's like, I'm gonna go inside. I'll put the hose back tomorrow. Doesn't matter, it's a hose. 
it's just a hose like in the garden whatever and he was walking in and he realized wait a minute i have to put that hose away because what i'm doing is bad for me this is a way of thinking it's a it can become a routine it might become a habit and i'll tell you that fucking happens and i also could tell you as a side note especially if you want to be a leader is contagious oh yeah well because, it's like put your toys away when you're a kid and yeah, i live with important. kim and i she has picked up plenty of bad habits for me and it might be conscious you know like yeah he left the cup on the counter i leave the cup on the counter who cares oh, they call that uh, in psychology transactive goal dynamics that's uh interesting wow. term there but active uh, goal <laughs> dynamics it just means that you sort of like co-license each other in a relationship you know where if someone's doing something it's like you license the other person to also do it right so and like transactive goals okay and i like that and so i always i i'm i think a lot clearly so i'm all this stuff that i'm applying to like my little business opportunity or potentiality i also apply to my personal life or I try to where I'm like I gotta be the best person I can be you know you might want to put it in terms of like because I'm the man I gotta be a leader blah, 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 blah. or you could just be like I don't want shit everywhere I'm gonna pick my shit up and maybe if now that I've trained everyone around me to be a fucking slob this is the way to fucking undo it is start going the opposite direction. Yeah. I also had this interesting thought the other day, which is tangential, but similar where I was like, I've already used a good example, like smoking or whatever, distracting myself, whatever. And I was like, you know, I'll say like, these are bad things. Like, don't do these things. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's really hard to quit doing bad things. Mm hmm. And this just kind of dawned on me. And I was like, it was almost like the universe told it to me. I was like, if I can't stop doing bad things, I'm going to just start doing good things instead. I'm just going to do more good things. Mm. And I think there's something to that too, because the more you do, so the more you, so I might not be able to stop leaving the hose in the garden, but I might be able to, you know, take off my shoes, my muddy shoes before I go in the house, at least. And you start doing these little things and they're like little wins in a way, you know, it's like the military, make your bed in the morning. Sort it's, of thing. It makes such a difference. I've oh, actually, yeah. because of this thinking I've been doing lately, I'm like, I'm finally going to read it. I've got the 12 rules for life over there. I oh, couldn't get past the, read it. I couldn't get past the lobster shit. I was like, if you, if I have to read about this lobster for 10 more minutes, I'm going to, I'm gonna oh my god! I think that's the one of the most interesting parts about the book. I don't but, like okay, discussions on. on competition a lot, but go ahead. Okay, sorry, you said so many things. I yeah. can't. Okay, well, to what you said earlier about like it's not the good things that spread; it's the bad things. That I think is a really important concept, and you see it all over the place. And that's actually one of the points Jordan Peterson makes in that book is that oftentimes people will put uh, a bad child or a bad person in a group of people who are doing really well 
thinking that that'll make the person better. But it's not the order that spreads. It's the disorder. It's entropy that spreads. And because so, it's which makes sense because it's all of those things are they disregard time and a future and they're easier now. Exactly. There's so it's like it's like the it, path yeah. of least resistance kind exactly. of, you know, it's like so, of course, that would be so much easier to make a contagion. Yeah, the the having an ordered lifestyle and whatnot and striving toward the future and making things better, that takes conscious will and effort. That's like gathering and, kindling versus yeah. p- gasoline that's already on everything. Right, right. So I think that's really important. The other thing I was thinking as you were saying all that, it reminds me of like The Biggest Loser, like weight loss. Like if you ever watched that show, it's great. I mean, Biggest Loser? Oh, oh, yeah. The weight loss show where these like really big people. And they make them like eat certain ways and exercise beyond their capacity. It's a crazy show. Yeah. Uh, And I like like... the 600 pound guy just because that doctor who's like so based and he's like, you're so fat. (laughs) (laughs) God, that's completely different. But okay. yeah, the the show is funny because we used to watch it eating ice cream, and so yeah, there's there's some irony there, but also the show like has some controversy too. I think where there's like a lot of stuff that happened off scene and whatnot. So anyway, all that aside, I think the general point that you were making is like there's always more left in you, and I think that's the journey that a lot of these people go on. It's like, hey, like there's more like, and that's what the trainers would always say. Like, they'd be like, Oh, you want to give up like 10 more minutes, you know, like, Oh, you, you think you're done like 10 more reps. Um, and I think there's something to that, like psychologically. And one thing it strikes me as it's like low, like you don't have enough faith or something. And maybe too, there's like some element of self love there. It's like, you don't believe in yourself enough. And I was thinking it reminded me of, this thing, I was watching this documentary about Pink, the artist, like the the singer, and she was raising her kids and she was talking, you know, she just said this kind of throwaway comment. She has a, a kid and uh, she was like, you know, you're trying to teach them, you're trying to love them in all the ways that you didn't love yourself. And she's like, and being a parent, she's like, you, you learn you can hardly love yourself um, and other people. And I thought that was interesting. And I think that's part of that, having that other person around to like say, hey, like I see your potential. You don't even know how much you've got in there. And I think it takes that sometimes. Um, And yeah, I think there's part of that. It's like, you don't even know what you're capable of. Um, And so I think, yeah, there's something really interesting there. On the other side. It's difficult, though, because I feel like my dad's very much like that. So he's the one that sent me that um, motivational talk or whatever. Yeah, whatever that was, that little YouTube thing. He was like, this guy came and talked to us. I'll send you it it, whenever we edit it or whatever. And um, one thing that struck me, tell me if I start tangenting too far away from what you (laughs) meant, but one thing he said was, or one thing I noticed was, you know, it's a very human experience. It's like, it's my dad. We don't only see too much, but he lives close by. We see each other enough, often-ish. It's not like we're estranged. And, but, you know, we don't talk personal stuff too much, you know, really. And, uh, Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. said, so I'm sitting there thinking, it's interesting that my dad said this to me because he always has been very like, 
self-helpy, motivational, and he didn't go to college, and he makes a boatload of money now. And he, he started out washing, literally yeah. like washing dishes to like up the ladder, VP, president type level in companies. Yeah, very difficult journey that he doesn't recommend. So I'm like, you know, what did he say? Let me read. Let me just look at this text because it's it was in the text that I really saw it. So he says. This is our close. So this is my dad speaking. Is this wrong? I think it's okay. It's fine. Sure. Yeah. This is our closing speaker. You've got to watch his talks. Self-made billionaire. His story is amazing. And the only thing special about him is the way he taught himself to think. What stuck out to me in that text was that his story is amazing. Like my dad said, it's amazing. My dad only says that about. Mm -hmm really 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 good food <laughs> you know what i mean like he's like a food you know what i mean like it's hard it's like yeah he's and very if he says it's amazing praise if it's amazing it's either is amazing or he loves it basically you know so i'm like my dad loves this he loves this he loves motivate i used to have to when i was at his house he'd put on these tapes while i fell asleep that were like mind control like it would be like i am a highly effective person. I can do any. I mean, like weird. It had a weird voice, like sure, a chipmunk. Okay. So I'm like, it's really interesting. My dad really, really likes this. Like this moves him as a person. Mm -hmm. Like this mm -hmm. kind. I'm like this. I'm like an insight into my dad. Like he's. This probably affects him. Like when he sees this kind of stuff, he loves it. Like, and I'm like, is that interesting? Like that's the kind of person my dad is. You know, I'm like defining mm -hmm. him a little bit. Like. He's the kind of guy, like that must be his experience. Like when I see his job, it seems he's been doing it for a million years. doesn't even seem like he's, it's like automatic or something. I'm like, it, I'm like, I'm thinking, are you, is this you? Like, are, do you relate? Like, are you leaving 40% on the table? Mm. Do you think you are? Do you think that about yourself? This is a conversation I want to have with my dad now, you know, cause I'm like, that's mm. really interesting. Well, I you think... said this to me, and but the side, the other half is, he's my dad, and he wants me to look at it. He's like, "Look at this. This is so good, right? Like, this will help you, mm -hmm. you know." Because he thinks I need to hear that, and he's not wrong. Like, I listen to it. I'm like, "That is good," you know. It's uh, but at the same time, because it's about what your pink thing, like trying to raise somebody and like trying to help them like that. Well, yeah, it's just it's, about seeing the best in other people. And I think that it really is accentuated in parenthood. Like you're really, you yeah. have that particular relationship with your children. Like you want the best for them and you want to bring the best out of them in a way that's that you don't hard. There's something everyone. Ab there's yeah. something about that that's actually difficult, which I think Pink yeah. was probably trying to say that's like, so if I tell my dad like what I'm doing or what should I do, you know, like his advice is weird, mm. Yeah, you know, because he doesn't, he doesn't know. You know, he's like, right. well, he like last thing he recommended is like, I could be a truck driver. And I'm like, why? Like, that's random as shit. It's not even like, you don't do that. I don't do that. I, it would take me like three years to even get my license. And then I would have to like get a truck. I mean, just be, that's an interesting thing to say. And then I'll tell him like, I'm doing this other stuff. I'm doing the sawmill thing. This bunch of things. He's like, huh? Okay. I don't know. You know, like if I said, should I, should I keep trying to do that? He goes, uh, do you like it? I mean, it wouldn't be like for sure. He's not like, well, 
I know because I know all about success and I love success. And I love motivation. It's like, because it's, it's a little bit, you have to, there's like a manifestation level. Of, and it's like, there is a personal thing that you have to somehow figure out how to apply these like life lessons to. So like when I read Jordan Peterson's book, I'm going to be disappointed at the end because it's not going to tell me what to do. It is going to give me some rules. Gives you principles. Yeah. Right. And some of them are right. And they'll actually somehow making your bed every morning before you leave your bedroom, somehow that's going to help you start a sawmill business. And I don't know how to explain that. And neither does my dad and neither does the motivational speaker necessarily. It's almost like a spiritual teaching. You know what I mean? Like in a way it's like there, you have to know this is true, but it, and then you like all the, you know, all his, uh, Jesus's followers or whatever, like, we don't understand. It's a hard parable. How does, so if this happens, what do I do in this case? And it's like, you're, and then what did Jesus always say? You idiots, literally, like that's basically modern parlance for what he was saying. Like you are dumb people. You are not listening to what I'm saying. Stop asking me what to do all the time. It's not about yeah. that. You are not being led by what I'm telling you. And it's like, that's the tough thing to like, take this stuff that's there and it's being offered to you and it's true. And sure, there's the opposite being offered to you. But you know, my dad's trying to give me the best thing. And I'm yeah. like, I have, it's my responsibility in some kind of way to figure that out. Well, that's and the faith and sacrifice thing I was thinking about. Yeah. It's like, because you don't know it's true. Like you've never experienced it. And so you really don't know it until you do it in your own life. And the reason you're doing it is it's just faith. You just have to believe that it's going to work out and it's going to be good. Yeah. And you really don't know. And that's, I think, how you approach your whole life. It's like you have to, you don't know that sacrificing everything is going to be good. Like, you know, the, the Jesus story is like literally you have to sacrifice everything. It's the most, you know, pristine tragedy ever written. And, and not only do you not know it, but it could, it may not be. Right. But, but if it isn't, it, it may, may cost you everything, up, literally. And it, but and if it does, it could be a fluke. But probably more likely than not, is it was you. You didn't have faith or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm, you didn't, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, you weren't David against right. Goliath. You freaked out. Or, or you something. were Cain and you weren't able. You didn't make right. true you made the sacrifices. You made the other decision. Yeah. You know, you, you were like, I'm not going to, Cain and Abel, I'm not going to be okay. My brother's going to take everything. He's getting everything good. I'm not getting anything. Mm -hmm. This sucks. I work so hard. Yeah. He doesn't even hunt, you know? And it's like, that's the wrong, that's the wrong vibe, dude. That's the wrong attitude. Like your heart is wrong. Yeah. You're no. going to kill your brother now. Doesn't yeah. that suck? And now you're going to be cursed. Oh, well. And you, and it all could be that tragic. It's like a, the Greek tragedy, you know, like it, you could fuck it up. It could all get horrible, Yeah. but it could all, there's no way forward there though. You end up with like, I don't know, nihilism or something. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, if you don't have faith, it's like, what do you have? And I think you just have nihilism. It's yeah. like, there's the no Hunger real Games alternative to The it. Hunger Games always stuck out to me. This one line is the only line I remember is, I don't even actually remember the full line. I just know that the main boss man, you know, the old, is in every, you know, the character, the, uh, the, the archetypal old wise man, mm -hmm, you know, the God mm -hmm. guy. And there's, so there's the white beard guy in the Hunger Games. Can't remember. Snow. What his role was. What was it? Snow? 
I don't know. He's not and, the old wise man. He's like the tyrant king, though. Yeah, but he's, but he's he's like not who you man. you don't see him all the time. But he says one thing. He says the the most important thing is that they have hope. And I was just in the right place at the right time in my life to when I heard that I was like, that's so true. But it's like cliche in a way, like hope. But it's like I think if that you don't particular have, usage is probably nefarious in that movie because I think a hundred percent because it's an that. artificial hope. It's like you have to convince yeah. them that they have it's a fake hope. hope. You can't yeah. let them become hopeless. You have to. That's which is what the Hunger Games is. If you you could come live in the capital, you could win, right. or you could die. That's but kind you of could like a win. Version of this idea, yeah. Well, it's like a manipulation, but yeah. hope. And faith, I think, are possibly one and the same. They're very, very right, close. Sure, yeah. They're closely related. But it's like contrasted in the Hunger Games with like the hope and faith of the people in the outer, you know, regions or whatever who are like, we have a hope that it won't be like this one day, that we won't be the oppressed, you know, and that's like what they're living on. And that's what, you know, propels them into the capital and to take down the king you know it's like so there's also that i think and juxtapose that from the first part of our conversation these like weirdos worried about shouting down some ceo like it's like a different world like what realm is that that's like the world of like i don't want to work at all i want the 40 i want the 40 percent extra and i don't even want to do the first part i don't even want to do the eight push-up or the four the three pull-ups yeah so it's sad it's like that and uh yeah well he that also was said I'll, oh, let me ahead. just give these are not like conversational topics i just want to scratch them off my list but he said two things to remember or three things i guess one was he asked the audience who has a mission statement for themselves he says, because every company starts with a mission statement and the mission statement gives them the um, purpose, the right to say, to start saying no. I don't know. Mm. I didn't fully understand it, but I think there's something there. So you have your mission statement. He also said to have a contract with yourself. He, he said he wrote a contract with himself and like signed it. Like this is my contract. I don't know what his contract was. He didn't say. Mm. And then he said, and the most important part of that he said my last i think he said it was the last two words in his mission his um contract with himself was remember tomorrow Mm. so you have all these little yeah principles that like are just like that they're it's like it's not specific it's not like you're not listening so you can figure out how to be a white rapper that owns an airplane company nobody I don't even want to do that. That sounds horrible. But the information, the assistance, the help may be as good as you could ever get. Here's all these. And it's almost like decoding religious texts or something. Like here's this archetypes. Yeah. Here's these why. general principles. Yeah. yeah. Here's, here's hard work, perseverance, faith, commitment. You know, all these things you should do. Yeah, I think the thing that you said that was just interesting now was uh, 
the mission gives you the right to say no. I that resonates yeah, I don't know with what me that a lot. Means. What does that mean? Tell me. Tell me, even well, though you didn't listen, because I have no idea of what he was saying. I was like, uh, okay, yes. I, I interpret know. that to mean at least. So here's one way, and then I'll talk about it in a little more personal context. But one way it, you know, manifests itself is in organizations. I think when you don't know the why of the organization and what it is you're trying to achieve and what what your purpose is, what your vision is, what is you're trying to manifest in the organization, then when someone comes up with an idea or suggests something or floats something, hey, why don't we do this or why don't we do that? Then if you don't have a why, you don't have any basis to say no or yes to any of these things. And so what you end up doing is doing the things that are convenient. And so you end up usually in the business doing the things that have make the most money in the shortest amount of time. And you leave the hose in the garden. Right, exactly. And then eventually the business starts making those kinds of decisions over time and it never leads anywhere good. The product gets worse. The customers get more and more unhappy, blah, blah, blah. Because it's not clear what the organization's purpose is and the purpose becomes lost. It becomes lost in the organization and then it becomes lost in the product. The product becomes discombobulated. It's not really fit for purpose. It doesn't resonate with anyone. And so it's easy to see how that happens at organization level. And then he was applying it to your own life. And I think the same thing is kind of true with you. And it's like, if you don't have a strong foundation of what you believe or your values or what you're trying to achieve in your life, the ideal you're trying to strive for, then if someone says, hey, why don't you do this? Hey, you know, you could do this over here. You know, what's going to stop you from doing any of those things? Yeah, I guess the cliche is like, you'll end up spreading yourself thin. Right. Or it's like the, you know, if your friends say jump off a bridge, are you going to jump off a bridge? Right. You know, are you going to go gamble with your friends or whatever because they're gambling? Are you going to go you know, do this, you know, shady thing because, you know, someone said that was a good way to live your life or someone said you can make a quick buck? You got to have a reason why you're doing what you're doing. And I think that's a, that's what almost allows you to have the faith and hope and allows you to sacrifice because you have to have something that you're striving for. Like, you know, it's... Yeah, I mean, that's the whole, I think, journey is like, if you don't have that, then, you know, you don't have determination or whatever. Yeah. I think there's another important thing. I didn't remember it until I just looked at my notes and I wrote this down while we were talking because I was saying something earlier where I was talking about, like, uh, we'll have some, we'll be able to, like, have time and do some of the stuff that we want to do, whatever, you know, I was like, Oh yeah, that'll happen. Yeah. And you, like, I think I said, you had like, I said, I know there's a version of life where you like have time to read a book, like books exist. You can read a book in different like, seasons and yeah, whatnot, whatever. And maybe there's seasonality to it. Something that I think is like a good thing to hold on to keep yourself from getting too depressed and realize that there is a season for everything for loss, mm -hmm. for sorrow, for grieving, for happiness, for whatever. But that's a, biblical thing for sowing there's, the field and reaping the harvest yeah for everything yeah so there's also so what that made me think of in context i actually wrote stability in life versus the 40 percent rule because i think i have a friend who is my best friend and he 
told me, he might've said it more than once, but I know he said it at least once and I've always remembered it about him and I accepted it immediately. And I was like, that's true. That is very true about you. And that's fine. That's cool. And I don't know what the context was. I don't know. We're probably just talking. We lived together forever. So probably just a passing moment where you're like making a hamburger helper in a trailer. And he was just like, I don't really want to be like really rich. It's like, I just want to, I kind of want to relax. You know, I just want to like have enough money to do like some fun things. He's like, I like to go to a concert every now and then. I like to buy guns, like to shoot the guns at the range. Mm, you know, just things like that. But mostly I really don't have any other big goals. You know, I just don't mm. have that. It doesn't like want to travel the world or do this or run an empire. Just none of that is in the book of the bucket list, you know? Mm. So I think there's also something to be said for that. Maybe what you're doing, what you want, but maybe that is part of the mission statement, you know? Yeah. And, well, I think that's kind of like, you got to be clear about that because your goals yeah. could just be, and I think you see a lot of this, like narcissistic, psychopathic, like I want to own the world, you know, or I want to lead the world's largest company and own 10 yachts and five mansions. And it's like, okay, is that a good goal? Like, you know, so not all, it's not like, sure, having a goal is better than not having a goal, but not all goals are the same. And I think partly there's a, a, a rationality and a reasonality in being like, you know, all this material stuff, that's not the most important thing to me. Like I've got other goals and maybe they're a little bit hard to articulate. And maybe it's a good exercise to like try to figure out exactly what is what, it. What is I, it really? Yeah, yeah. What do I actually even want? Which is actually not an easy question to answer. Oftentimes I couldn't yeah. even say maybe, I don't even know if I could come up with a mission statement for my own business. But I think too, that that's part of the eye roll I get give to a lot mm. of like self-help type stuff or yeah, motivational speakers. Yeah. It's like, you're like, bro, you're describing things that not only would I, it's not that I would never do that. It's that I can't even, I'm not even sure I want to do it. I've never even imagined. I, you know, the, the level of success I want has nothing. Does I don't even want to sell a company to, to another do, large, company, whatever yeah. to <laughs> Berkshire Hathaway. Like I'm not, I don't want to do that. So it's like, God, it, like you're a lot of times I'm like, you just have too much energy. You know, when I hear like a motivational speaker or whatever, yeah, I'm like, yeah. you guys are all the same. You're all pumped. You're, which makes sense. They're motivational speakers. Nothing against it. I'm just saying it doesn't always translate for people because. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. Cause I often think that, and I just think this energy and great, you know, motivation that you've got going here and that you're spreading I think it's a little misguided sometimes. I'm like, I've known very know. successful people that are not like that, like very successful people that don't have that vibe. Mm. So there is something you actually can't have tremendous financial success, business success, whatever kind of success you are wanting <laughs> without doing Math. Well, there's different personality temperaments. I think those people tend to be like really gregarious people. You don't necessarily have to be a gregarious person to put in the work and be diligent and hardworking. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the other thing I think too is like, well, two things that you said. So originally you were talking about 
this guy, you know, do the pull-ups and it's like, okay, you do less and less and then you're done. And then it's like, okay, what if I told you we weren't going on until you did a hundred more? And then it's like, you got a hundred more push-ups in you. I think there's something a little scammy about that to me. Like I do think in general, there's always more you could give. Yeah. Like Like, I want to be able to lift my fork tomorrow. Right. But there's, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. there's like a, you got to plan for the future as well. So you don't want to completely spend yourself in any one day and time and thing um and so there's something natural about conservation from time to time i think the point is in that moment to prove it's like to prove a point you know sure maybe there's like you do it one time you're like this is a point just so you know just because it was it wasn't like and tomorrow we're doing 200 it was just like i just want you to know Uh, that you actually do have a hundred left you think there's nothing left and i just have to make a point so that guy ran this 100-mile marathon, something crazy. Like a Ironman or Ultra Marathon, whatever they called him. Very, yeah, super, something like that, Ultra Marathon. And he was a heavy dude, big black guy, mm-hmm. and uh, was a Navy SEAL. He ran halfway through, all the bones in his feet were broken. He pulled out a roll of duct tape, wrapped his feet up, ran the rest of the thing. His kidneys started failing because he didn't have enough nutrition. He was pissing blood. His feet were broken. And then he ran an extra mile in case they miscounted his mileage. So that's the kind of guy he invited to come live with him. And I think he was just like, I don't know what's wrong with this guy, but I want to know what is going on. Come live with me. And then he's like, teach me. And he's like, do as many pull-ups as you possibly can. Okay. By the way, now you're done. You can't do any more, right? Zero more. Okay, hundred more now. And it's like, yeah. wait, what hundred more? And it's like the hundred you're doing before we go eat. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. you better start fucking pulling up, otherwise. Well, and yeah. I think that in the store, it's just, but it's like the biblical. It's, again, it's like the biblical thing. Go kill all of these people and all of their children and women. And you're like, I don't understand. It's a hard parable. It's like, yes, I understand. It's hard. It's difficult to, it's, you can't, it's not, I'm not saying go kill all those people. I mean, maybe it it was that at that time in that place, whatever, but there's, that's not what it's telling you to do. Doing the hundred pull-ups that you think aren't possible isn't telling you to do, that's what you should do. You should do a hundred pull-ups even when you can't every time, all the time. And if you're not oh, doing that, you're sure. not living your potential. It's and it's just like, a lesson there. I think there's something like a trial, a lesson, and those kind of things. The mini version of it is, I don't know how to clean this yard up after I just built the structure. It's I don't even have enough room to put all this crap. Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm-hmm. you can't leave it here. Yeah. Like, it's got to go. You got to do something. And it's like, so start doing one thing do the next one, do the next one, do the next one. And in a sense, that's a trial. And for me, it doesn't happen as often because in a sense I was stuck and I could have probably done that better, but it was like, fuck. And then after it's done, it's like, I learned a lot. Maybe what I learned is try to do a little bit of that as you go. You know, yeah. or whatever. There's yeah. a lot of lessons that come from it, but part of it, all that stuff com- came from, hey, almost kill yourself. You know, see what happens if you, 
if you do do this and you, you, first of all, you learn if I have to, I can. And sure. if well, maybe I, there's something like going out into the desert there too. Yeah. Like, and if I can avoid it next time, God told him to go out into the desert and why would we deprive ourselves like that? It's like, and you well, probably learned something, something spiritual. And you that. know what? You probably also learn how to survive in the desert just in case there's right, a whole lot right. of things that come from those kinds of trials. And I don't, I, and even better, thank God for motivational speakers. They can just tell you the story just like, and you can yeah. take the advice or if you have to, maybe you need someone to tell you we're not going anywhere until you do a hundred more pull-ups, but to be told that story or the story of the guy that broke his feet or the story of the guy that changed the game of the, uh, the dog sure. sledding People competitions the forever. Limits of human potential possibility. Yeah. Yeah. It tells you something. It tells you a lot yeah. of things actually, many things, you know? Yeah. You know, another thing I thought was interesting, and this is the last thing I'll bring up, um, is it reminded me of the rat hope experiments. You know about these? Uh, oh, I think I told you about these. Yeah, yeah. You probably yeah. looked them up, and I now you probably know more than I do. Well, so these rat hope experiments. Oh, it was the water. Swim, the, yeah. Drop them in the water. A, right. Yeah, they put yeah, a rat in water, that. and they have to swim for their lives. And, um, you know, so the rat swims for like a minute or something, and then the rat starts, they, the rat gives up swimming and just starts to drown and then the researcher pulls the rat out and so saves the rat and then well the rats know, will literally yeah and then okay, shortly the, let me the first on. experiment so they, they will back. die they literally will if you just do this if you throw a rat in water they'll swim for five minutes and die right if you don't save them yeah, if you don't save drown them they'll drown and die yeah. yeah but then the researcher so the researcher saves them you know right as they're drowning the researcher pulls them back out and then they put them back in the water and then the, after they have a little rest, yeah. Right after they have a little rest, and then the rat swims for like twelve uh, times, a hundred hours. Yeah, yeah, it goes from like two hours to a hundred hours, just from from nothing, but one time being rescued from the drowning water. Right, and it's like there's something there about like the hope of like, I could survive. You know? I could like, survive this. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so, really, and what's even crazier yeah. is that that'll happen in an animal. Yeah. I yeah. mean, rats are really smart. So there's something to that, but there's also, so that's the rat hope experiment. There's also the dog learned helplessness experiment, which is maybe interesting to think about alongside of that, which is this horrible experiment where they electrocuted the floor of a cage mm, with dogs in dog it. In. Mm. And, um, I think in some is very similar. Like in some, there was like a platform to get away from and some there wasn't. And if you, I don't remember all the details, but there's probably a lot of interesting findings when you dig into the variations, but essentially the learned helplessness is where eventually the dog will just actually lay down as the floor just keeps electrocuting him and just gives up. Doesn't even try to get away anymore. Just lays there just being electrocuted. So if you eliminate that, I think that's like the opposite. Like we're trying to build up hope in the rat experiment. We're trying to deteriorate hope in the dog experiment and either one is possible. Mm. So you can possibly fuck yourself over. So like in the dog experiment, there's nowhere to go or something. I, they, there's variations. It's very similar where it's like, well, first we just tried drowning them, you know, or like, let's see how long they'll tolerate this. Let's give them a platform to get away from. And I think it was one of those where they like trained into it and then back out of it kind of thing. 
but the, and then the, one of the discoveries was there's a phenomenon called learned helplessness which is quite the seems to be quite the opposite well that's see. definitely like a psychological phenomenon they talk about that with students um like learned helplessness or children is typically when um like the student doesn't believe in themselves and then sort of like that like i haven't done it so i can't do it mentality so here's um, the basic which is the vicious cycle that's like the opposite of the virtuous cycle like um i can do it so i will do it and i can do this little thing so i can do the next thing you know that's like the the virtuous cycle that you can get in but there's also the vicious cycle where it's like i haven't done it i can't do it i won't do it the, you know, yeah the, the box and arrow which is famous in psychology for the learned helplessness is uncontrollable bad events perceived lack of control so there's nothing no actions that you can take mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. undo to make it stop and then you then the final step is a generalized helpless behavior Right, right. Which is the passive resignation produced by repeated exposure to negative events that are perceived to be unavoidable. Right. So, and I think you see a lot of that in our society today. I actually read about this. The most poignant example that I read about learned helplessness was in this book by Edith Egger called The Gift. And she's a Holocaust survivor and a psychologist. And she was in in the Holocaust, you know, at a concentration camp. I think she was at Dachau one of the worst ones with Dr. Death, Dr. Mengele. And she was a dancer and she tells this vivid story of how he used to make her dance for, you know, the, the people at the camp and it was terrible. And um, she called it the death dance because it was the dance for Dr. of Death. And um, so literally like the most hopeless point, maybe the most, you know, you can't control anything about what's happening to you. Like she had to do the dance, she would die, you know, they they had to do everything that they said or they would get put into the gas chambers and whatnot. And she was like, but even there, she's like, you have some choice. You know, she's like, I could either that's the just same, give up. That's the moral of the man's search for meaning, which was Viktor Frankl, same yeah, story, yeah. concentration camp. He's like, you actually always have this choice. Right. Like and she's like, nothing. you could just give up and die. You could be like, we're stuck here. Nothing matters anymore. Blah, blah, blah. And she's like, and people that did that, she's like, they did die. They withered away and died in the camp. And she was like, you know, but I, she's like, I, you know, they couldn't control my thoughts and what I believed and whatnot. They couldn't get inside me. And mm -hmm. that was my, you know, my safe space, essentially. And she, uh, yeah, I mean, in that hope, liberated her eventually you know because eventually they were saved and she's like if i hadn't had that i wouldn't be here you know like so you never know and yeah i think that's yeah another interesting point about that and i think that's the the antidote to the learned helplessness it's like you never know like things may be shitty right now things may have been shitty in the past but that doesn't mean they're always going to be like that and there's never going to be an opportunity for you to thrive or to get better or get help yeah. or as I, uh, one of my favorite podcasters slash comedians say, Sam Tripoli, that is, no one's coming to save you. You got to save yourself. And don't worry about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's another line he says, but I can't remember it, so I'm not going to say it. But yeah. <laughs> it's something like, don't worry about waking up the sleeping lions or something like that. Something oh. I can't remember. It's the, uh, he, he likes the Ronin 
uh, mantras, which are like, I can't, what are the rules, rules of the Ronin or something? Let me look. Interesting. Accept everything just the way it is. Do not seek pleasure for its own sake. Do not under any circumstances depend on a partial feeling. Think lightly of yourself and deeply of the world. Be detached from desire <clears throat> your whole life long. Do not regret what you have done. Never be jealous. Oh, man, there's a shitload. I didn't realize that. Wow. Do not fear death. Anyways, anyway. yeah, so those are not as pertinent. The pertinent one is no one's coming to save you. you got to save yourself. So there's like we have like this learned helplessness, learned hope kind of. Uh, there's these people out there that seem to have it all. They have the answers, but they don't have your answer. But they have hmm. probably at least the information or helpful advice, which is hard to take sometimes without resentment or disbelief or whatever. Or bitterness, yeah. Right, so faith and hope, lack of bitterness. Don't, you have to break, you may be in a state of learned helplessness, but also recognize that if you're pulled out of that, if you if there's a way out, even just that, if you can just find one, one time, you can swim a hundred more hours or you can do a hundred more pull-ups if that's what you need to do. Mm. And if you do need to, which you might based on your position, it's possible. And then there's everything that you learn from those experiences, the contextualization of the advice that actually happens. You get the advice, you try to follow the advice, you actually do something. Now, even you realize after the fact, you've actually misunderstood the advice, but it helped anyways. And now you really understand it. Now you can be a motivational speaker, whatever, you know, cause, but there's a, and then there's your own, whatever that is, don't be fooled into thinking that it's owning 250 private jet airplanes and a slew of pilots or, an empire this way or that way, but whatever it is, it's your own, uh, Goliath, your own, whatever thing that is, whatever thing you're wanting to conquer, to do, to produce, to manifest. It might be, I just want to go to some concert. I just want whatever it is. If it has any, the way that it has anything to do with my career, which may not be important to me, is just that that, whatever that is needs to provide me enough money to go to concerts and buy guns, which is fine too. But it may be to start a new tech business that you can't share with anybody on a podcast or to start some ridiculous sawmill company and a mushroom company while doing a podcast with two useless degrees hanging behind you that have nothing to do with either one of those. And uh, yeah, the thing, the only thing I would push back there is like, I think it's fine wherever you're at, but do the thing and then do something better. Well, and because there, I think there's something to don't our, stay there. You know, human nature is well. There's a lot of different variations of experience in, in the human experience, and there's better and worse ones. Yeah, yeah. And it's a rare thing to find someone. I mean, trust me, my buddy's not gonna. If I won the lottery and split it with him, he'd be pretty fucking happy. You know, he just doesn't want to do the work which is fine. That's a goal for him. I want to have enough and not do too much. You know, we live in a world where that's possibly possible. Put us some savings aside, you know, you know, your future might be bright. You're going to have having kids. So I'm going to take care of them. I don't think that's them. a goal though. 
like to not do the work, that's an avoidance. Like that's well, it's like not, a, it's you not want to, to be not, without something. No, he's it's doing not the articulating work. Articulating what you want. The work, though. The want is to be able to relax when I'm not at work. So I don't think he wants to have a business because he doesn't want to think about work all the time. He doesn't like that kind of vibe. You know? Sure. Well, then maybe yeah. I would just reframe it. Maybe like I want time with my family or something. Well, that's what he wants. He wants concerts. It. He wants to hang out with his friends from time. Go out to eat. Buy yeah. guns. Go to concerts. Well, then I think that's a real mission statement though, because you can't are you can't orient your life though in a way when all you're saying is I don't want to work. That doesn't work. You have to say what you want. You can't say what you don't right. want. He doesn't yeah. want the. He doesn't want to be rich. He doesn't want the imp. He doesn't want to. He knows. It's a healthy position, to be honest, because it's not like he wants mm -hmm, it all mm -hmm. right, and right, doesn't yeah, want to yeah, put the work yeah. in. He's like, well, I don't want to put the work in, and I decided what that brings is not really what I want anyways. I mean, sure, but like I know what it takes. Like, you know, if you want to sell, right, right. you want a million dollars, you better sell at least a million things. And that sounds like a lot of things, and I don't want to do that. I'd rather somebody else sell a million things, I'll help them do it. They give me a little bit on the side. And at the end of the day, I don't have to think about it. Not once, not never. I'm cool. And he's, they try to promote him. I don't even know. He may have turned down a promotion. I don't even remember, but he's just like, this is cool, man. Like, this is what I'm, I might take the job if they offered it to me with enough money. And I might not, you know, whereas most people are like promotion, how much more money? take it right now. I don't even care if I'm qualified, give it to me. Cause there were guys mm -hmm. I worked with, I used to work there and there were guys yeah. that that was literally their story. They like worked yeah. there for two weeks and just went and begged for a better position. And they were like, uh, okay. And they basically gave it to yeah. him and he makes a bunch of money and has no work to do. But yeah, my buddy's like, yeah, but he does have a lot of work to do and I don't want to do it. <laughs> you know? It's well, like, yeah, I guess I just, I wanted to parse. Our, our mothers coming down, turned down promotions. Sure. Yeah. And that's a real sacrifice. Like you're sacrificing some potential benefit that you could have. But I was just going to say, I wanted to parse the, that might come across as like, yeah, just be fine, you know, just settle, like, don't do anything, you know? And I'm like, that's not the message. The message is, you know what you want, strive for it, do the things, do it better the next time, you know? Yeah. And, and yes, I'll defend think, my buddy yeah. and say that that is what he's doing because he is in <laughs> yeah. a fine position. He just bought a house. He just had a kid. I think they're having another kid. Right. Your goal doesn't have to be the promotion. Right. Or, yeah. Yeah. Because I think if you get, I'm just saying you can get swept away in the impossibility, yeah, totally. the either the impossibility or the lack of being able to connect with the people giving the advice. I think a lot of times, like well, one that I have the hardest time with is, uh, you know, that guy, Gary Vanderchuk or that Gary V guy. No, you don't know him. No. Oh God. He's so, he is a meme literally, but, um, he's just famous for being like, I don't want to do an impersonation, but just like, work, 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 work. Hustle, hustle, hustle. <laughs> you know, it's just like. I don't like you. I don't want to be like you. You're I want your crazy. The only thing I want <laughs> that you have is all that money, but everything else is scaring me. And I would, mm. you don't even seem fun to hang out. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just that turns, it's always turned me off because I'm like, 
it's motivational to an extent, but then when you try to like start going, Oh, how does it apply? You're like, well, you told me a lot of stories, you know, like about how you forced your way in to like a meeting with somebody by waiting in the lobby. You know, like I don't, that doesn't, that's not similar to what I'm doing at all. I don't never, there's nobody's lobby to go to, mm, Sure. you know, Maybe, like I don't understand yeah. how to, how to take the, because a lot of times those guys are corporate or something yeah. like that. And you're like, I don't know. That's not, that is, it can't be everyone, but there's, don't let them set your goal for you. You set the goal. Yeah. And then, I mean, shit, apply the methods of a billionaire to the goals of an upper middle class person. And you might find tremendous success nonetheless. Because there are gradations. People think of like the poor and the rich as like this huge, vast gulf between them. And maybe between that, that gulf is between the megalo rich billionaire types and then everybody else. But there's, I've known people that do like software sales or something. I don't know what they did. There's this guy I knew and he was like, and it was work, just worked in his basement, you know, like just a, 50 year old dude rumor has it, he's worth like millions of dollars but just because he he just lived in a normal neighborhood upper nice, nice neighborhood i couldn't afford a house there but it's nice you know but there's a million houses in that neighborhood like it's not like an unheard of crazy level of success and his job isn't abnormal people that like you it's like a job like you have you know like yeah i just work at this company i worked here for a long time i do a good job i got a promotion a raise of this or that i built a little network and I don't even talk about my work. It's not even central to him. His goal is to play tennis a lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just want to, it's a very similar goal. But, and maybe he would be just as happy if he were my buddy, you know, because it's, he could still play tennis there. It's just that he's applying these maybe more naturally, but he might be a self-help guy. He might be into like reading those kind of stories and books where he's like, oh, I work hard. I'd be diligent. And I get to play on the weekends a lot. You know, I can do whatever I want to do. He's more of like a hoardery kind of guy. Not hoarder, but just like he doesn't spend his money. You know, I don't even know what it's about for him. I think he just happens to make a lot of money and have those traits, like those conscientious, conscientious traits, which you have more naturally. And then the, that's why I don't like the 100 pull-ups rule. I like the 40% rule. <laughs> just so you know. There's an extra 40%. There actually may be an extra 400%, but there's an extra 40% and everybody wants 40% more and it doesn't have to be crazy. It might be, it might start with like, don't leave the garden hose in the garden, just little victories. And I kind of feel like for me, the way I experienced that is like, you got, got to ramp it up. I have to go. Sorry. Oh, do you? And this recording is taking so long. I cannot edit another two hours. <laughs> I don't think there's anything to edit out. I thought it was pretty much good. Oh, okay. Is there anything to edit out? I thought it was well, good just... to go. We do <laughs> There's editing. It takes work on my end to do. Like I have to cut out the silence. Anyway. Oh, I could, um, I could probably edit this one. Um, <laughs> well, now I don't know Sorry. what I was going to say. 
I'm like just triggered. I'm like, I, I have a meeting to go to and you're like oh, talking a long I time. And I'm you like, quit already. I feel like we ended it five minutes ago, but you keep saying more things. Oh. Like, These aren't really related. Well, leave this in. This is good. Um, <laughs> and that's all I have to say on that subject. Oh <laughs> no, you do this like thing sometimes where it's like we stop having a conversation and then it's like you just like ranting and I'm like I've got I gotta go I've got things to do like I can't just sit here and like okay this ben is all is, the things I have to do that are weighing on my shoulders Ben is triggered and that this is, is me not making progress the anxiety of it I'm like look I, we, I gotta edit this ben, <laughs> I've all got work I have to, to do. say is you have a hundred more pull-ups so I don't want to hear these excuses. We are not finishing this podcast until we have another hundred hours <laughs> and at least a hundred stories. Oh so you need to hear a hundred more comments from me. About I have a hundred more closing statements to make. If you think it just takes one, you're wrong. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, anyways, I'm good. I'm done. Okay. That's all I was saying. Thank goodness. You know, you just don't want to ruin a good thing. Sometimes it's like I, I think this more, even this was a dish. Right even this was not even being edited out. It's perfect. <laughs> just leave this in. Yeah, don't I'm actually afraid. It. I don't even want to edit it, but I'm like, I should probably edit this because you're gonna cut out all the good shit. <laughs> <laughs> like the thing I just said, which I don't even I didn't even finish, but it was good. It's good to leave. Okay. Sure. I'll Maybe. I'll leave it. It's good because we laughed and people like to hear people laughing. Other people I, laugh when you I laugh. I leave the laughing in there. Good. You should cut out the context and just leave the laughing. <laughs> cut out the story. End it, end it 10 minutes ago and then cut out everything else but leave this laughter. <laughs> Actually, that might be... We should definitely probably try that and just see how that goes. <laughs> sound like two crazy people just lost it at the end of this motivational speech. Oh, no.